going today, guys. I'm back here live in the studio once again for the second and soon to be the third time here in a little bit as well for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Back again on this Wednesday, September 9th, football season, like I said. I mean, we start tomorrow, man, with NFL and week two of college football. Finally, the big conferences are getting out there with the ACC and the Big 12. SEC not far, not uh, too far off at the end of the month as well. I'm joined once again by my college football expert, Ben Gorowitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Football is back. Oh, yeah. I couldn't be more excited, Ben. I mean, just sitting here looking at these games and, I mean, just trying to figure out what's going to happen on Saturday. I mean, especially with just, like, such little information out there, it's kind of been a shit show. What do you, what do you, th- what do you how has, like, you been finding information and getting prepared for these games, Ben? Um... I wouldn't say it did that well in college football week one <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast. I think you and I both went over. Um, yep. But that's, just, I mean, that's exactly how you want to start, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're due for week two. Um, you know, that's those, like you said, there is a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, some teams haven't really practiced. That I know Navy didn't get a lot of tackling drills in. Sure, it looked like they'd never tackled before in that first <laughs> yeah. game. Um, but the NFL. Um, NFL is a little bit different. Obviously, they are all professionals. Um, the you know the play is a lot better. There'll be less mistakes than you'll see in college for the first couple of weeks, um, but that's expected. You know that's the obvious. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you there, man. I mean, I think it'll be a little less sloppy on the NFL side of things. Um, we'll go ahead and kick things off here at the Big Twelve. We got some storylines coming up for this season. Um, first off, I mean, we got to talk about Spencer Rattler, man. He comes in here with all the hype and everything with him coming off of QB1 on that show. Um, I know a lot of people didn't really like his attitude, thought he was kind of a dick. But, you know, Spencer, I'm ready to watch you play, man. What do you, th- what do you think? Are you buying the hype on this kid? Well, the hype comes from I mean, him being on a nationally televised show on Netflix. Uh, but it also comes from the school he's at and the coach he plays for. I mean, how could you not have hype for what Lincoln Riley has done. It seems like it just doesn't matter the quarterback. I mean, you know, Baker, um, Heisman, number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, Heisman, number one overall pick, Jalen Hurts was in the Heisman. I mean, like, it just doesn't matter. It's just, it's a quarterback factory, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and Spencer Rattler, you know, if, if the people don't know who he is, he was a former five star quarterback, uh, one of the best quarterbacks out of high school. Um, Chose Oklahoma, it's time to prove why. I mean, why did he choose Lincoln Riley? Because Lincoln Riley is a quarterback whisperer, and he's successful with quarterbacks. So it's time to, you know, he was a little cocky on that show, but he was a beast in high school. So as long as you back it up, I got no problem with it. Um, His coach sure as hell knows how to back it up. He's going to put Spencer in the right positions, call the right plays. It's just a matter of execution. Um, I agree with you completely, Ben. I mean, I personally think that this is the best situation for both of them. I mean, this is the by far the most talented quarterback prospect that Lincoln Riley's ever had walking those doors at Oklahoma. Yeah, I know I said that over Kyler Murray. I know I said that over Baker Mayfield. I mean, this guy's a five-star recruit for a reason. When I look at him play in high school, he's like baby Mahomes to me. I mean, I think I think that Spencer Rattler is about to have a big year for this offense. I mean, they definitely did lose some pieces on the offensive side of the ball, but 
I feel like when you have a coach in Lincoln Riley, I mean, you're Oklahoma for crying out loud. You bring in the recruits and you stack back up every single year. They'll have no problem replacing the fact they lost CeeDee Lamb, Trey Sermon, you know, and a lot of these other guys over the last few years. I don't see them having any problems replacing them, and I think he's ready to have a massive year. I mean, especially some of these defenses are going to be bad in the Big 12, I think, and I mean, I think he's going to have a field day against Missouri State. Yeah, I mean, you know, the difference between the court, the you know Baker and Kyler that you named is, you know, they were transfers to the school. Um, not that that changes anything, but this, you know, um, you know, Lincoln got to handpick Baker and Kyler on the transfer market. Well, he got Spencer right out of college. I mean, sorry, uh, right out of high school. So he's known that he wants Spencer to be the guy for a couple of years now. He just had to wait his turn. Um, you know, no big deal. They brought in Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, me going to Alabama, um, you know, seeing Jalen live, I I would put money that Jalen was a fantastic mentor, um, both on field preparation and off field preparation for Spencer. Um, you know, and, and the rest of the quarterbacks that, that Oklahoma has on their depth chart. So um, this is Spencer's first big chance to play. Um, there's a lot of hype, like you said, but, you know, it's for good reason. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to watch him play, honestly. I mean, there's a couple times last year um, when that I thought that they might, you know, get another, you know, quarterback prospect or something in there. Like, there's a couple times, too, when I thought he might even get in there and get some snaps. So, I'm honestly just excited to see him get out there on the field and throw the ball around. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, our next kind of question we got on this on this conference is, you know, is Texas or Oklahoma State, they got a lot of guys back. Do you think that they're ready to – in Oklahoma or in Oklahoma's streak of running this conference, or do you think it's going to be more the same? Um, I think Oklahoma is more vulnerable this year compared to years past. Um, part of that being um, Spencer just doesn't really have experience in big games just yet. Um, I don't know if it's really fair to fault him for that because he hasn't played, um, you know, but it, that's different. You know, when you have Spencer Rattler, who's going to be playing against Texas for his first time versus Sam Ellinger, um, who is in his senior year and is going to be playing Oklahoma for his fourth time. Um, you know, on paper, sure, disadvantage Spencer Rattler. But in college, like, it just doesn't matter as much as it does in professional sports, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I think Oklahoma is a little more vulnerable than they have been, but until someone knocks them off their crown on top of this, um, I, I'm still picking Oklahoma to win this conference. I mean, I have so much faith in Lincoln Riley and his offense. I mean, since he's taken over for the legend of Bob Stoops, um, his offense has not been stopped until he has been in the playoffs. So the Big 12 has just had no success against Lincoln Riley so far. Hey, you're definitely not wrong, man. No one's really been able to slow down Lincoln Riley. As much as I want to agree with you on this one, I'm actually going to have to disagree on this one. I mean, they do definitely get it easy, the fact they're going to get Texas and Oklahoma State at home. But, though, I personally think that um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change up here a little bit. Look, I'm buying the Texas hype. I'm a Tom Herman believer. Tom Herman always plays well in the biggest games and the biggest stages. He always at least covers the spread, but I think it's time for him to stop covering the spread and start winning these games straight up. I mean, he's got so much back on the defense. I mean, they didn't really have a running back last year. I mean, DuVernay was a pretty much a wide receiver. They are playing at running back the entire season. They've got weapons back and everything. This team, like you said, Ellinger's back. Honestly, 
I don't hate even picking Sam Ellinger to win Heisman this year. I mean, that's how confident I am in the fact that they're going to get things on track here. Oklahoma State as well. They bring back their wide, their stud wide receivers in Dylan Stoner and uh, why am I drawing the blank on the other guys? I don't know why I'm drawing blank on the other guy's name, but he's the better one of the two. And then also on top of those two factors, they have um, Shoba Hubbard, who's, who led the NCAA in rushing yards, and he's probably going to do the same thing once again. And they also have Sp- have Spencer Sanders back at quarterback. Look, I think Oklahoma State's the more likely of these teams to definitely lose a game or two. They shouldn't. But I really like this Texas team, man. I think it's time. I mean, that Oklahoma defense has never been anything special. If they can just, if there's just a high-powered offense that can move up and down the field with them, they can get it done. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of uh, Tylen Wallace? Is that who you're thinking of? Yes, yes, Wallace. Yeah. And then I think, well, I know Texas and Oklahoma always play at the Cotton Bowl. Are they, I'm assuming they're still playing at the neutral site Ooh, in I Dallas? Actually have it. I was actually trying to figure that out earlier, and I didn't see anything about it. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Oklahoma State um, returns some of the most starters out of anyone else in the country, and all of the guys they're returning are insanely explosive. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard at running back was – a Heisman final uh, was he a Heisman finalist? I believe he was a Heisman finalist. I'm not 100 percent sure on that if, one, honestly. If he didn't get the invite, he had just missed it, and he was one of the best running backs in the country. Um, and he returned. Tylen Wallace was, I believe, he was up for the Blitkoff Award. Uh, didn't win it, but just to be, you know, up there. Um, and and you know, Gundy is another offensive guy. I mean, he knows how to put up points. Um, that mullet, that fiery attitude is, is a tough look on the sideline, but he knows how to coach a well, um, well-oiled well uh, machine on offense. So, I mean, we talk about this every time we bring up the Big 12. I mean, it's offensive um, explosion, I mean, from, from almost every team. I mean, I think off the top of my head, the only somewhat contending team that I can think of that their defense might be better is maybe TCU. They're kind of known for their defense under Gary Patterson. Oklahoma has never been known for defense. Texas is more balanced, but Texas mm-hmm. hasn't won anything recently. Tom Herman's been great. Um, I do want to bring up a point on on Herman. Um, he's entering his fourth season, and he's 25-15 and 15 through his first three seasons, which is the third most wins by any coach um, at the University of Texas through his first three seasons. So, I mean, listen, that's a good record. I mean, he's done well, and he has beaten Oklahoma. Um once out of, out of the three tries so he's doing fine he's recruiting very well um you know the university of texas helps out with that it's, it's a massive tradition school it's a massive name massive powerhouse um in the south but we'll see i mean i, I just don't see a point in picking against lincoln riley until someone can stop his offense i mean it, no one's been close except when they reach the playoff then they just can't score yeah no i mean I also agree with you in that, and the fact that, hey, we also forgot about this about Herman. He beat um, Oklahoma when he was the head coach at Houston as well, when they had that humongous upset. He did, um, yep. Tom, Tom Herman loves that, and he plays out of that uh, out of that area, you know, as a coach. I feel like that's a strong suit for him. I feel like he's a good motivator, and everybody buys into him. I honestly think Texas, even if they had a bad season this year, would be absolutely foolish to run off Tom Herman. I mean, I think every no, season. No, I don't think than- he's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think he can get a mulligan even if they have a bad season with the fact that it's COVID and everything. But, I mean, it's, in my opinion, Tom Herman's an elite coach in college football. And, I mean, I think any team, even NFL teams, would be calling trying to get him if he were to get fired by Texas. So, 
I mean, I think I think everything's to be good. Hey, I'm excited though to see what this Texas team does. I'm gonna buy in on their hype this season. I'm all in on the Texas hype train this season. It'll probably end up burning me in the long run, but why not? Well, hey, buy it's in called it? it's called hot takes with TP for a reason, right? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. It was so much insurgency. Why not buy into them? There is one team in this conference though that I mean, I'm sure you probably agree with me on this one. You think Iowa State's being overlooked here, Ben? Um, so overlooked is a funny way of putting it. I, you know, a school like Iowa State should never get massive hype. They shouldn't ever be picked to win the, you know, win the Big Twelve over team over powerhouses. Um, you know, like Oklahoma, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're being overlooked. I, I will say that their coach is underrated. Um, and he signed an extension. I believe he signed it last year, so he's going to stick around um, at Iowa State. Uh, Matt Campbell, I believe his name, yep. is he's got a good quarterback that's returning. Um, and he, I, I just think they play really hard. I, I, I think Iowa State for you know like when they played the big boys um, in Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, it, they're a team that if you kind of let them hang around, yeah, they can beat you in that you know fourth quarter. I don't think they have the firepower to necessarily score with Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Um, so I don't know if they're being overlooked because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Iowa State. I mean, it's not a big school in terms of football. So I don't know if they're being overlooked, but they are a very solid team. Yeah, you know, you make some very valid points there. I think their quarterback, Brock Purdy, I think honestly he's going to be a sleeper in the NFL. I mean, I think he could get, he's going to go late first round, be one of those guys, one of those guys nobody really knows about and ends up being a lot better than you think. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, Matt Campbell's obviously not getting the same caliber of recruits that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas is. I mean, Oklahoma State even has freaking T. Boone Pickens paying for every damn thing at that school. Um, I think that he makes the most out of what he's got. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say this team's going to win the conference, but I definitely think that they're not really getting the respect in these heavy media circles that they deserved. I mean, I think they could find themselves into playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. I believe they did. No, they didn't go to one last year, but they were they were close to it last year. I mean, I think this Iowa State team's going to be good. I think they're going to have a good offense. They're going to have good defense. I mean, I think the Cyclones especially too, though, you know, the one thing you got to think about is a lot of these road games, like these teams aren't going to have their home crowds there, which is really, really, really going to affect you, especially in college football. So if anything, I think that gives Iowa State a little bit of an advantage, the fact that these teams aren't going to have their crowds there. And I think they'll end up pulling an upset or two or winning a game that they shouldn't win. Yeah, I mean, they, I believe they have uh, recently under Matt Campbell. They've, they've been picked a lot on upset week. Um, for the people that watch, you know, college game day, they're picked quite often to pull off that upset. Um, I just, you know, I think, I I almost think that with the no crowds, um, I do agree with you that it might benefit, you know, the underdog a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's talent versus talent. Um, I just, I, I don't think for four quarters that Oklahoma would lose to an Iowa State. I don't. I think if Oklahoma loses a game, I think it's someone like Oklahoma State who can, really keep up with them in pace and scoring um, or it's Texas. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I always say, listen, in a rivalry game, you never know what's going to happen. It does not matter. Um, so I think, listen, I think Iowa state, I mean, like, what would you say? Like eight wins and they're fine with that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I eight, think eight wins is, is eight wins, eight wins for Oklahoma state. And some of their fans are okay with it. Most of them probably not. Texas mm-hmm. coach is probably gone if you have multiple eight win seasons. Oklahoma, I'm not worried about Lincoln Riley ever winning less than eight games. No, I agree with you as well. Um, 
now, you know, we got to go ahead and pick our our more awards, kind of like we did for the AAC. Um, we don't, we'll go ahead and start out with player of the year for the conference. I'll start us off in this one. I got to go with Sam Ellinger, man. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. I feel like he's going to get that volume of touchdowns he needs to take home that award. And honestly, I think he's going to lead Texas to, um, back to the, back to more to the glory days of this Texas program. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm staying in, I'm staying in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, I'm okay. staying with Spencer. I'm staying in Spencer rather, um, big arm. Um, athletic kid. If he needs to get out of the pocket, he will. Um, I, I mean, the downfield passing game that Lincoln Riley brings to the table, I, his quarterbacks are stat stuffers. Um, they're just going to load. I mean, he's going to have games where he's going to have, you know, he, he's going to, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but if you look at passing yards um, under Lincoln Riley, what Baker did, you know, per game, Kyler did, and even Jalen Hurts, who, a lot of people, including myself, don't really consider him that great of a passer. Well, he looked much better under Lincoln Riley at throwing the football compared than what he was showing at Alabama. Now I get it. Like, you know, in Oklahoma system, the wide receivers tend to be a little bit more open, but that's just credit to Lincoln Riley. So uh, I'm not going to bet against Lincoln Riley's offensive schemes and his offensive mind until someone proves it otherwise. Um, his quarterbacks, they got the green light to do whatever they want. I mean <laughs> – as long as you make the right reads, which I, I get it, it can be tough. I mean, he, he Spencer Rattler should shine. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you on that one. I just think it's uh, Sam Ellinger's year. And the other reason why I'm picking him is because we'll get to our next question here is who's going to win the conference? I got the Texas Longhorns, man. I think they're long overdue. It's time somebody dethrones that Oklahoma team. I mean, Kenneth Murray's probably the best defensive player they've had there in a minute. And – He's not on that team anymore. I mean, I think that this has got to be Oklahoma's year to do it, man. They have so many players back, so many great recruitings. It's like they've been building, building, building. I mean, even last – Texas. I will say this, you mean Texas. Or, yeah, Texas. I will say this, too, and also to go along with my point, I even said this last year that I thought if Ellinger came back this year, I thought it would be Texas's year to finally win the win the conference. So, I'm on I'm on Texas. Um. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm going with Oklahoma. I mean, I've been hyping up Lincoln Riley's mind – you know, so far and hyping up Spencer Rattler. Um, I'm going to stay with Oklahoma until someone beats him off. Um, I, I don't really – in my life, I don't need – I mean, listen, I would love for Texas to win. Both my parents graduated from the University of Texas. They're kind of, you know, one of my backup teams I do root for. Um, I just can't stand the, the video that just plays in my head of Ellinger saying, we're back. Like, you're not back. You haven't been back since Vince Young. Hey, you're definitely not wrong. They definitely haven't been back yet, but – it's about time. I will say this for our underrated team. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with TCU, and I'm going with TCU not because of the defense, because of the offense. I think their quarterback Max Duggan stepped in as a freshman last year. I mean, he led them to almost beating Oklahoma, upsetting Oklahoma again. I mean, he can throw the ball all around the yard. This team had no problem putting points up. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say that they're going to have a great record or anything, but, I mean, I think they're going to be a team that can come in there and is going to have a shot to beat you every single game. You know, they're known for having you a defense. When you have a quarterback like that, you can throw the ball around, and you have some – I mean, losing Jalen Rager might hurt a little bit, but when you have some other good receivers and everything, I think all that adds up to TCU having a decent season this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, TCU – I mean, Garrett Patterson is, is a very good coach. Um I'm, I was about to look up the odds to win the, uh, the conference this year mm -hmm. because I'm assuming Oklahoma is still a decent-sized favorite. Um, 
I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, I, they're not a necessarily that national of a sleeper room team. Returning all these studs uh, here. Let's see, Big Twelve championship game odds. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is the favorite. One. Yeah, I mean, so like you know, not a not a big sleeper, but at the end of the day, most people are picking Oklahoma um, or Texas in this in this conference. Um, I'm I'm gonna ride with Oklahoma State in that offense. Hey, I think they have this. I think they have the firepower to score with with anyone. So all he needs is a couple stops. No, they definitely do have have the firepower to score on that offense. And I was in, I was very big on Oklahoma State. I actually almost took them to win it, but I just don't really like what I see on their defense. They also have some offensive line questions. No, I just feel like that against a team like Texas or against a team like Oklahoma that they'll remind them who the big dog is in the conference. You know, I feel like they can't come up with the big wins they need against those two teams. Um, the last thing I want to say is, by the way, looking at the odds at Texas is plus 140 to win the conference, and Oklahoma is plus 100. So, I mean, it's pretty close between them two. The next closest was 6-1 to one on Oklahoma State. So that says a lot about how much the uh, – the, um, line is between these teams in these conference um let's go ahead and switch over here now to the acc which is more my conference this is my conference right here with my florida state seminoles i actually don't have much for y'all on the seminoles though just because we kind of try you know to stay on the teams that actually have a chance at winning the division might be a couple year rebuild there with norvell look i will say this though norvell is going to get us in the right position but i don't think he can turn that offensive line around in one year i think we might struggle a little bit out the gate but the acc sam howell returning sophomore quarterback now for the North Carolina Tar Heels, true sophomore. Um, do you think that he's ready to take UNC all the way to the playoffs? They don't have Clemson on the schedule this year. Uh, well, they would still have to play Clemson if they get to the ACC yeah. championship game. Um, to the playoffs, no, but I do think he is a stud. Um, you know, from people listening, you have never seen him play. I mean, it's pretty electric. Um, he's got a big arm. He's got a cannon of an arm, actually. He's accurate. He's got two very good receivers. Um, Mac Brown is recruiting. At, I don't know if it's out of nowhere because the guy's been around for yeah. 100 years. Um, but he's recruiting, like, unbelievable. Um, but no. I mean, this I mean, this conference should just be named Clemson. Um, it, no one is knocking Clemson off. I mean, Clemson's team, I mean, I could talk for – days about how good this Clemson team is about to be um, compared to the rest of the ACC. Um, Dabo, I believe Dabo's freshman, his true freshman right now, was the best class he's ever brought in at Clemson, I believe, uh, specifically on the defensive line. Um, was Is it Brian, Brian Breesey or Brian? He was the number one overall recruit uh, defensive end. Apparently he's looking unstoppable. Clemson's veteran offensive line has not been able to tame him uh, from what I've read in camp so far. Clemson always produces defensive linemen under Dabo um, and under Brent Venables. Um, and they got Trevor Lawrence and ETN back. This is this is Clemson. I mean, Clemson, I get it. They they have a game or two where they might slip up in the regular season, where, but they, they usually win it. I wish they played UNC. Um, I think it would be more of a challenging game compared to the rest of Clemson's schedule. Um, but this is Clemson's division conference. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you completely. It still is Clemson's conference. They're going to be the big dog. But look, UNC didn't look scared at all when they played Clemson last year. 
I mean, when I look down the schedule and I look at everything UNC has back, I mean, UNC still has one of the top. I mean, he he was ranked by ESPN as being a top five player in the ACC, and Chaz Surratt at linebacker. I mean, he's a beast and flies around the field. Like you said, you know, UNC's been bringing these recruits in. Mac, Mac Brown seems to have everybody bought in and everything. I mean, Sam Howell threw 35 touchdowns as a freshman, and I mean, again, that Temple game, he looks like he was an NFL player playing against high schoolers. It looked that much better, like he was that much better than everyone else on the field. Daz Newsom and uh, Diami Brown are both 1,000 yards receivers. They have back. They have their starting running back back. I think North Carolina is absolutely loaded, and I think if they go out there and they play Clemson in a close game, I think they could still find the uh, committee giving them a little favor here and them actually making it into the Final Four. And here's a little sleeper for you. I'm actually picking North Carolina to be in my Final Four. I feel like the SEC is going to beat up on each other too much and only get one team out of there to make it to the Final Four. I'm taking Clemson and North Carolina to represent the ACC in the Final Four this year. I just feel like, man, this, I'm, I'm all in on Sam Howell. I really think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in college football right now. That's right. I said that, and Trevor Lawrence is in college football. I think he's that good. Well, like I said before, that's why they call it hot takes at TP3, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, no, he's, he's, he's not better than Trevor Lawrence. He's probably not even better than Justin Fields uh, for what they bring to the table. That doesn't mean he's not a stud. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is – I mean – once, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, people say Andrew Luck was a once-in-generation quarterback. Peyton Manning, people say that when he was coming out of Tennessee. I mean, Tra- Trevor Lawrence is in in those name categories coming out of college. It's looked easy. His college career so far has looked easy. I mean, he, he I don't know, how many losses does he have? Four? Three? No, I think his only loss was to, uh, was in the national championship. Bama? His first loss ever. No, Maybe he he's only lost. got one. He's yeah, got one or two losses. Loss. I mean, he's breezing through college football. Um, so I, I still have him as my best quarterback in college football and uh, specifically the conference. But you're not wrong. I mean, Sam Sam is a great quarterback. Um, he will find himself in the NFL in two years. Um, and Mac Brown's had a lot of success. So um, I do agree with you on the SEC will beat each other up. Um uh, my school, my alma mater, um, boy, that sounds weird to say, but um, <laughs> Alabama's going to be, I mean, with Dylan Moses back, their defense is supposed to be much better. Um, their offense, it's going to be fine. I, I'm hearing way too I much agree. about people being concerned about Mac Jones. Like, okay, you you bring up the Auburn game. He he threw two interceptions. They happened they happen to be pick sixes. On the Other than that, line, though, too, if he doesn't throw those pick sixes, y'all probably win the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's an if, and I don't like to talk about ifs, but he still threw all over an Auburn defense that was supposed to be good, was good, um, and Jalen Model obviously went off. The receivers are fine with Bama. Um, I do agree with you. Like, this is going to be Bama's toughest regular season they've ever had, and it has nothing to do with their schedule. I mean, the schedule is – I mean, it's all ACC, but it ain't that difficult. It's just the fact that week in, week out, you're putting in the punishment on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama has had injuries. Um so we'll see. I mean, you know, I think the biggest X factor for any team this year is going to be injuries. Now, with the shortened season, um, specifically with, you know, we're not going to talk about the Big Ten right now, but, who, I mean, what is going on with them? Are they practicing? Are they not practicing? Are they plan on playing? Like, what's happening? Um, we'll talk about that, you know, a little bit later. Uh, but the ACC, I, don't know, I mean, it, it's got some teams that, like, 
kind of make you look twice at it and be like, okay, like how are you guys going to be? But at the end of the day, I just don't think it matters when you got Clemson there. Um, yeah. But UNC, but UNC's right there. But I mean, there's a drop off. I mean, there really is. I mean, Louisville was pretty good last year, but are they really going to contend against Clemson? Probably no. not. Well, see, the thing is too, though. Like, I mean, Louisville got the absolute beat down, the beat down from Clemson last year. I mean, I think a lot of these teams in the ACC, I put Clemson on another level from everyone. I put Notre Dame and UNC on their own level of where they can compete with these teams. And right after that, I kind of go with, like, the Miamis, the Louisvilles, you know, like all these teams that are – the Virginia Techs, you know, all these teams that are kind of, like, missing one thing. I actually think, even though a lot of people are picking Virginia Tech to be do well, I actually think the fact that they don't have fans in the stands is really, really, really going to hurt them. Because, I mean, when I think of Blacksburg, I think of a toxic environment that you don't want to go into. I mean, those fans are going absolutely insane, you know, like – I feel like the fact that they don't have that home crowd to lean on is gonna just absolutely hurt them a lot this year. Yeah, I mean that's that would be a bucket list place to go to. Um, that entrance that they do is, um, you know, supposed to be electric. Um, you know, I agree with you. You know, the fans might, with, or I meant uh, with no fans, it might come into play. But like I said before, talent's gonna take over. Nobody's got mm-hmm. the coaches like Clemson. Nobody's got the talent like Clemson. Um, I mean, we could segue into our next point right here. You talked about Miami. Um, new new quarterback. What are your thoughts? Look, I think Derek, Derek King's the real deal. I mean, I don't know what his exact stats were for the first, game, first four games last year, but I think he had, like, top three most touchdowns by any single player in college football game through those games. I mean, they were unstoppable with him in there at quarterback at Houston, and they weren't playing against the greatest competition, but it's not like much is going to change here in the ACC. Look, I think, too, it's a good situation for him. This is the first time Miami's tried to go out to more of a spread where they have four wide. They brought in Rhett um, Lashley, the offensive coordinator from SMU, who, if y'all remember, had a very prolific passing offense last year. I think that's another advantage here for Miami. I think Miami's going to be really good, but at the same time, I also think you know they're just going to have the classic Miami season where they go in and lose a game they shouldn't, and also I think Matt Brown will personally beat them. Well, so when you say Miami's going to be really good, What's like your over under wins? Okay, I would say Miami because they've go. they've been they've been historically bad. No, definitely. I mean, last year was an absolute shit show. Actually, I called. I said on Twitter before they played that bowl game. I think it was between. I don't even remember who they played. It was like FAU or somebody like that. I remember I picked the FAU spread and I said whatever. I'm gonna throw on the money line too. Miami's a joke this year and they beat them. I think that they actually have a culture change though, and I feel like that they actually you know like they have something to get excited for this season. Um, when I look at Miami's schedule, I mean, they play a pretty de- difficult schedule. They have to play at Clemson. I mean, that's 150% going to be a loss. Um, <laughs> they so they play UNC the last game of the regular season. That one's going to be up for grabs. I think between the Louisville, Florida State, um, actually, and at Virginia Tech, I think they'll drop one of those as well. I'm going to go with 9-3 and three for Miami. Or what are they playing, 11 games? I'm going to go with three losses for them, though. Got it. Um you know, as soon as I heard, um, you know, Mark Rick um, was going to retire and that Miami was going to need a new coach, not that Mark Rick was that successful in his Miami tender. Um, when I heard it, Manny Diaz was their coach, um, I immediately texted my friends and graded this an F. I, I think this was a horrendous hire. Um, I legit think the only reason he was hired uh, was because they thought him being from Miami – and having some of that Latin blood would help in recruiting, he's not recruiting. I mean, he's not recruiting up to Miami standards. He has the easiest part of the country 
to recruiting. That mm-hmm. South Florida, Miami has some of the best talent, and he's losing almost everyone. That I mean, very true. Everyone go. Oh, people, please do your research on. Go look at Alabama wide receivers over the past couple of years. They all come. Not, I mean, all the most of the studs all come from that South Florida area. They all leave the state. They're not even going to Florida or Florida State. Manny Diaz is not recruiting that well. I don't think he's that good of a coach. I, I, I'm not high on Miami. I'm listen until they have back-to-back good seasons. I don't even think they're worth talking about. Now, <laughs> I do think I do think that uh, Derek King is a good person to bring in. He has some success in winning football games. I just, I, I mean, I don't think Manny Diaz is a very good coach. I don't think Miami has that much talent when it comes to the big games they're going to play. Um, I, I honestly don't know how long Manny Diaz is going to. This dude, think about some of the coaches that had been in and um, been the head coach of Miami. Did you think Al Golden was going to be successful? People? No, never. I mean, what kind of? I mean, uh, who was who was? Uh, Shannon, Shannon, uh, Randy Shannon. People think that was a good. I mean, it's easy to say that because they failed now. But I remember when they when these guys were getting hired, people like Herb Street were like, I mean, there's better people out there. Listen, people, Miami is a powerhouse. Whether you want to admit it or not, Texas is still a powerhouse too, from what they did way back in the day. Um, well, Texas, they should a be powerhouse because their pockets are lined with all that money to pay the coaches. What is Miami not? No, Miami's pockets are. I mean, Miami's a private school. Trust me, their pockets are lined it's a, too. It's a private school in one of the most expensive area, expensive areas in the United States. I mean, they got plenty of money in Miami, Florida. They got plenty of rich people. Um, you know, when they're not cheating with their boosters. Um, I, I, I have I've lost all respect for Miami. They they want to hold on to those glory days. You know, listen, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, like they, these guys aren't there. Like they don't have these guys they used to have. They're not even getting the talent. Um, out of Miami. I mean, I remember years ago because you know I grew up a big Georgia fan. You know, Georgia got Sony Michelle and Isaiah McKenzie out of their backyard, and they were both very successful at uh, at Georgia. Well, why couldn't Miami get those guys? They have not been getting the top notch talent out of Miami in a, in years, and that's a problem. And that's that's a big problem. So until they recruit better, until they get a coach that I'll actually respect. No, I, I don't think Miami is going to be that good. Now, they're going to be better than last year. Um, I think King can make enough plays with his legs if he's not throwing the football well enough in that specific game. I'll put the over-under at six wins. That, wow. that's You win six games in Miami, it's terrible. I mean, they don't like that. So, I, I don't I – don't, no, I don't think they're very good. Hey, I love the fact you went off on that because as a Florida State fan, I absolutely hate Miami. So, you know, I don't want to push back on you too much. Look, I honestly think that De'Aaron King can change things on them on offense and make them better the best they've been on offense. Because, I mean, realistically, last year their defense was not all that terrible. They just couldn't move the ball up and down the field. Let's just put it this way. I don't think Miami's back in the sense of that they're going to the Final Four or anything like that or even the well, they haven't had a championship for crying out loud. They haven't really had a good quarterback in years either. Mm-hmm. They had like they tried um, like four different quarterbacks last year, and all of them were awful. I mean, and Mark Rick is was I mean throughout his coaching career had some damn good quarterbacks at Georgia. Um, he's a very good quarterback coach. I mean, that's what he was. You know, you, your program knows him very well um, with Bobby Bowden. So I just 
I, I would not be like I, I actually think your Seminoles will be better. Um, I don't know. Okay, so better is might not be the right word. More competitive. Okay. I think I think Norvell can can get some things going in year one. I think he's a kind of coach with that program that is going to get the most out of what he can. I just think in year one, I agree with you. It might not be a lot that he can get at, but I do think he's going to maximize. Um, real quick, I've been very harsh on James Blackman. Um, I he was he a five star, four star, five star. He was a high recruit. A four. I think he's a four. I I have not been impressed with him from the Same. from any snap he's ever taken in college. Same. Um, I I was a Francois fan. Unfortunately, um, he got ruined by Alabama. They just totally tore him up. Ruined and and Blackman Blackman had a rough start. I mean, he had to come in as a true freshman, already losing to Alabama, and that's tough. So scratch that game. But what has he done since? I mean, he makes bad decision after. He'll have a good two and a half, three quarters. Fourth quarter, he makes ten bad throws. So we'll see. Norvell is um, a big offensive mind. Um, We'll see. He's named the starter. It's already out of the way. Blackman's his guy. Um, I think that's a confidence booster. I will say this with Blackman. It's a little tough to be harsh on him. He's had, I think, a different offensive coordinator every single year. Mm -hmm. And I think he's on his third new coach in four years. Is that right? Yep. Um, And that's tough. I mean, on on a young kid, you got to learn a new offense. Um, So we'll see. It might take Blackman a couple games to get a little comfortable, but I do think that when he gets comfortable, that Norvell is the type of coach that's going to get the most out of him. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, obviously, like, looking at everything, I just feel like that the offensive line is not going to get better overnight, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, also it's, hard. it's also hard for them to be a little bit worse. Also, too, I don't see Cam Akers walking through those doors. You know, like, we don't return a lot at running back, which really hurts. Um, I mean, we do have Tamorian Terry and Big Marv back. I mean, Big Marv's arguably one of the best players in the ACC. I think he was ranked third by ESPN's countdown earlier. So, I mean, that is big. I think, that, um, like, like you said, you know, I think our team will be competitive. I think Norvell will get the team to buy in and that they'll play hard for Norvell. I just think it might take, like, the first couple weeks, you know, to get everything rolling. I just feel like with how practices and everything were delayed and everything, I just feel like that's really what's going to hurt us the first couple weeks. So, you know, I think it could kind of be rough those first couple weeks, but things will get better. And, you know, I definitely think that Norvell will take us back to where we need to be at some point in time. Um, I know our last storyline that we had was, is Clemson going to run through the ACC again? But, I mean, we pretty much have already both said that we both yes. think Clemson will run through the ACC. yes. I think Clemson is the only team that's a lock to get into the Final Four. They're my only team, I would say, is an absolute just lock to get in the Final Four. I mean, if it was regular schedules, I would pick Alabama to be in the Final Four as well as a lock. But just because it's not regular schedules, I think there's no way Clemson doesn't find their way in. Because even if Clemson loses one game, I mean, I definitely think for a fact North Carolina and Notre Dame – and all these other teams will definitely lose some games. So, you know, I just don't really see it not happening. Actually, let's talk. Is Notre, Dame, is Notre Dame playing the full ACC schedule? I believe they yeah, are. Yeah, they play like USF and I think one or two other out-of-conference opponents, but they still play pretty much all ACC teams. Let's actually talk about Notre Dame real quick before that we pick our awards and who's going to win the conference and everything. Um, do you think Notre Dame has a chance to get in the Final Four? Do you think it's just the typical everyone wants to pick Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame type type of year once again? Um, I think to bring back to your point, I think this is the better, this is the best chance for the ACC to get two teams in uh, because I I do agree with you. I think the SEC it's gonna be tough. I mean, if the SEC championship game is 
is two undefeated teams. Um, both will be in um, over. Like I think if I think you know if it's Florida or Georgia that's undefeated playing, I'll just say Alabama. Um, and Alabama wins that game, I think they would still choose Florida or, uh, or Georgia over UNC if, if it's the same. Um, and even Notre Dame, because every time they've been in, they just get embarrassed. Um, I think it's weird. I think Brian Kelly is a outstanding coach. I agree. Everywhere he, everywhere he has been, he wins. And I believe he's averaging between 10 and 11 wins at Notre Dame. And, you know, you win 10 – you win. You average ten year or ten wins. You're, you know, if you're out of school for a while, it's impressive. You just, you can't just win ten. You can't win ten games every year and not win anything else. Um, I think Ian Book is a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. Um, I think he's really good against almost every team he'll play against, and then I think he gets exposed two to three times a year. Um, and it's it's just I mean, no, I I don't think Notre Dame will be in the playoff. In short answer, yeah, I don't think Notre Dame will make the playoff either. I will say this though: that I was extremely impressed with how they showed up and played against Georgia and Athens with that night game and everything. I mean, that was very impressive. I mean, like you said, I think Brian Kelly's one hell of a coach. I just think that they won't end up getting in either. I mean, like you said, I'm going to agree with you as well with the same thing. I mean, I think the reason why I think UNC is a shot to get in is because I wholeheartedly believe they can win every game on that schedule except for Clemson. I mean, I don't think they can beat Clemson, but I think they can beat them all. I just feel like that these Georgia and Florida are going to lose two games, you know. I feel like that in the SEC, I mean, to go out, I mean, I even think Alabama will probably lose one game in the SEC. I mean, I just think it's going to be I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if an SEC team goes undefeated. That's what I'm saying. I think the only undefeated team in college football this year will be Clemson. I think they're the only team that has any chance of going undefeated. So, that's gonna that's something interesting to look out for there too. But I agree with you. I think Ian Book. I mean, he has the whole offensive line back. He did lose Claypool to the league. Um, they did also lose their stud tight end Cole Komet. So you know that's definitely gonna hurt losing those guys. But at the same time, you know, you're Notre Dame. You get them back there. I just think at the end of the day, there's no way they're gonna be able to get past Clemson. And I think they can lose one of these other ACC games pretty easily. I mean, there's some explosive offenses in the ACC, and there's some good teams in the ACC. You know, who can play with with Notre Dame I don't really think that they have the stacked up roster like they have in the past and I mean it's going to be weird though it's just a weird dynamic with them actually playing in a conference I mean I don't even really know what to make of it well their schedule is usually pretty difficult I mean they're like the rivals they play year in year out are, are good programs yeah um, that they're not playing Stanford, this year all the Michigan you yeah. know there's Navy really never any cakewalk yeah Navy like even Navy's not necessarily a cakewalk you know like it's, well, it's yeah. tough. You don't see the – I mean, well, BYU had no trouble with it, but that was week one. Uh, I do want this on the record. For anyone listening, if you ever have the chance to go watch a football game played in South Bend, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, I mean, be- beautiful campus. People are insanely nice. Um, stadium's very cool. Um, obviously, you have Touchdown Jesus, which is a famous landmark there. Um, it's, it's really, really cool there. Um, it's a tough place to play. If you, if you have a night game there, um, so when fans can come back, I, I can't reckon, I cannot recommend South Bend, uh, enough. It, what it's great. Did you go there uh, for? I went to when Georgia played there, actually. That's what I figured you were going to say. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was outstanding. Um, you know, you guys can stay in Chicago, make the drive to South Bend. It's not very far. Um, I can't recommend that place enough. And Notre Dame plays good football, so 
whenever your team plays there, it's, it's not an easy matchup. You should see a great game. You'll see a beautiful atmosphere. Um, I just, no, they're not going to playoff. Hey, yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely on that one. Let's get down to our uh, player of the year prediction. Um, I assume you're probably going with Trevor Lawrence for this one. Uh, I actually don't know who to choose between. I, I'm, I'm going to coin flip this one. But it's, okay. they're on the same team. They're on the same team. ETN. Trevor Lawrence or, or ETN. Yeah. I knew <laughs> I it. mean, listen, I, I can't talk about ETN enough. Um, I mean, this dude is really, really, really good. And he just does not get talked about enough because you have Trevor Lawrence. Um, it's a coin flip. I'll go with Trevor Lawrence because he's the quarterback. He's got the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, I do – I'm very interested – to see if Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if you noticed, last year he ran the ball by himself mm-hmm. a lot more than he did in, pre, in his freshman year. Um, that you know, that's that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they take away his legs a little bit of the game plan. He's gonna be the first overall pick in the draft. He doesn't want to tear an ACL. We'll see. They got Travis Etienne. They'll they'll be just fine. Yeah. No. I mean, close. It'll be just fine. I think that they might be the problem might be that ETN and uh, Lawrence steal a little bit of each other's fun thunder. I mean, what's the theme of this podcast been for me? The North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm going with none other than Sam Howell to win ACC Player of the Year. I mean, this guy's a beast. He threw over 35 touchdowns as a true freshman. He has a cannon for an arm. He's his top wide receivers back. He's got most of his offensive line back. I mean, it just feels like everything's falling in the right place at the right time for this guy. I feel like in a season with so much uncertainty, you want to go with a team that's got everything back in place. Therefore, I got to go with Sam Howell in North Carolina, and I'm also going to say this: I can't wait to watch them hang a 50 burger on Syracuse. Syracuse is going to be pitiful this year. I can't wait to watch him just absolutely annihilate them the first game of the season. I, I do. I do have a quick question. Uh, you and I are not quarterback gurus by any means, but I did see this question on ESPN uh, with Herb Street the other day. Mm-hmm. In what area do you think Trevor Lawrence can improve? Is there an area? I actually. I mean, they're all. They're always. They're always is an area. No one's perfect. I actually thought he didn't look that great against LSU's defense. I mean, don't get me wrong, nobody really did look that great against LSU's defense, but I thought some of his balls looked a little wobbly and he looked a little pressured in the pocket. I think he just needs to maybe get a little more comfortable in the pocket, but at the same time, like, I really haven't tried to break, like you said, you know, we don't break down their game film or anything, but I mean, that's just really the only observation I can really make on him to get. Let's put it this way I think that, I think that Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell will be, will be the highest paid players on. On Sundays at some point in time in their career I I mean I, I think Trevor Lawrence is a lock um, to he's, he's a lock to be a franchise quarterback um, Sam Howell has a little bit more film to put on tape obviously there's only one year uh, but he will be an NFL player um, you know that's I wouldn't see you, know, you know that's not like a wild statement to make um, we'll see I mean, we'll, I mean listen like we've talked enough about Sam Howell the dude's very very good um, you know, it, it's always interesting there. So, like, okay, you had you had he was a high recruit. You had a great true freshman season. Okay, do it again. Guess what? Do it the year after that. You know what I mean? Um, and it's a little tougher maybe at a school like UNC. You're not going to get the wide receiver recruits necessarily that Clemson get. He's got studs all over the field for him to work with. Um, but it's going to be for one final year. I, I isn't Newsome. I'm assuming he's going pro after this season. I yeah, think he's I mean, an age. So, 
But like you said, they've been restocking with all those recruiting classes they've had. I think they have That's true. between ESPN and Rivals, one of them has them with the number one class for next year, and the other one has them with the number three. So I mean, they've got one of the best recruiting classes coming in again next year. It's gonna be crazy to watch. Um, as your conference winner, I mean, we're both picking Clemson. I don't even think we need to debate that, do we? No. Yeah, there's no – it's it's Clemson or go home. Um, the last team we'll pick here is going to be a sleeper team, not necessarily that we can, can win the conference, but a team that we think can do well that's flying under the radar. What team are you picking here and why? So I'm going to take the definition of what a sleeper team means to me. I'm going to go with Florida State. Okay. What, what expectation does Florida State have? They are coming off a horrendous couple of years. They have a first-year – well, not first-year head coach, but a new coach at a powerhouse school. I mean, seriously, like, wh- what's their expert? Do you know what their over-under is? I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, I actually haven't seen over-unders. I've been trying to find over-unders, but there's not really any over-unders out there that really – like, Vegas, honestly, and everything has been so weird with this college football season. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, really, until last week, I could barely even find any information on these teams. So what? how many wins does Norvell have to get to say that he succeeded? To be honest six. with you, I don't even care if that Norvell wins six games. I could care less if he won three games. I just want to go out there and have a team that looks motivated, that when they get hit in the mouth, does it lay down. And I want a team that actually mm-hmm. looks like that, like a football team. Like There are so many times when I would turn a game on and watch Willie Taggart, I mean, and it was just an absolute shit show. Like, it felt like no, it felt like nobody even knew what they were doing. It felt like every single time our quarterback dropped back to pass that he was going to get sacked and have no time to throw the ball. I mean, it was just like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like that there was yeah. no game plan. It felt like that you literally were just like, hey, guys, y'all want to go play a football game? And that's what happened pretty much with with, with uh, Taggart. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm riding with Florida State as my slipper team because I don't think they have expectations that are going to be that hard to, to get to. You know what I mean? I mean, we, you know, Louisville is a, is a good choice. I mean, they went from, I believe, two wins two years ago to eight wins last year. Can they do it again? Um, you know, I'll, I don't know if that's your sleeper team. I just think that with Florida State, there's no expectations going in. So when you don't, when you can just play football, play free and easy football, like the game these kids have been playing since they were probably six years old, just play. Don't worry. Who cares? I, I agree. I don't think Florida State is going to be looked at as, well, how many games did they win? It's an effort. And I think the effort's going to be there. Um, so I don't. I think going in with little to no expectations is the definition of what a sleeper team could be. Yeah, hey, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I mean, I'm not going to pick Florida State just because I don't want to be a homer, but I honestly think that we will end up having a decent season. I think that Norvell is going to build confidence in everyone and you know kind of get those expectations ready more so for next year. I'm going to go – look, I wanted to pick Virginia Tech, but I really think that the fact that they don't have fans in the stands, I think that's really going to hurt them. I just feel like that Blacksburg's such a, like, toxic environment, like I was saying earlier. You know, I think that really, really hurts them and puts them behind the eight ball. I'm actually going to go with who you just said I was going to go with, Louisville. Look, Louisville's got – not only is Michael Cunningham probably their starting quarterback, but they have a lot of depth at quarterback as well. Scott Satterfield's a guy, you know, who took App State to a bowl game and – a lot of times is beating a big time D one or beating a team from you know a Power Five conference every single time. I mean nine and two was the standard at App State. I feel like that he turned he took Louisville from a two win team all the way to winning a bowl game last year. Turned that program around so much, and that's with whatever trash Bobby Petrino left around for him to clean up. I mean he changed the entire landscape of the program. He has Tutu Atwell, who's top. 
I'm saying he's probably a top three playmaker in the ACC, only behind probably ETN. I'm not, I'm not counting quarterbacks, obviously, and probably Newsom. So he's probably the third best guy in that entire conference at making a play for you. I mean, I think Louisville is going to have a good season. I think they're going to play well. I mean, realistically, they'll probably lose three or four games, but I also think they'll end up beating one of the, you know, not not a Clemson, not a Clemson team, but they'll end up beating one of the bigger teams. I mean, Clemson made them reminded them it was men against boys last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, Clemson tends to do that against the cupcake of the ACC. Um, I think, you know, Louisville's, I, I believe Saturday, did he win Coach of the Year in the ACC? If not, um, he damn well sure deserved it. I'm not 100. Actually, I think you are right about that. I'll Google it, but I'm pretty sure you're right about that one. I think he did, and if not, then he deserved it, and shame on those voters. Um, I mean... Louisville, I think, is going to be able to is going to be able to play some competitive football again. Um, I'm not going to bet against what Satterfield has already done. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, honestly, I I don't know a ton of about Virginia Tech coming into this season. Um, do you know if the ACC is the ACC doing zero fans or are they doing certain capacity? Do you know um, that. I'm not 100% sure on that one either, but I have seen some teams plan to have fans in the stands at some point. I believe Clemson has a few fans. I think FSU might be allowed to have a few fans as well. Um, by the way, Satterfield did win Coach of the Year, but what you're saying about Virginia Tech, see, the thing about Virginia Tech is, man, they lost Scott Foster, who they've had there for a long time. Bud, Austin, Bud Foster. Or Bud Foster, yeah, Scott Scott, Scott Foster's an NBA referee. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, no, you, were thinking of, you were thinking of Scott Satterfield, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, or a little bit of both, honestly. But, um, yeah, Virginia Tech, you know, they lost Bud Foster. He's been there for years, probably 20-plus years. I mean, they still have nine defensive starters. Their stud, um, their stud corner ended up opting out of the season, but they have their starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, back as well. So, I mean, Virginia Tech's got a decent squad coming back. I just really think not having that home crowd and Bud Foster there is going to come back and bite him in the ass. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's uh, one of the best defensive coordinators that college football has ever seen. Um, the amount of people that that man has put into the NFL, um, I mean, just stayed the course, um, the entire time of Virginia Tech. I'm sure he had a multitude of offers over the years to be a head coach. Um, and he just wanted to be a defensive coordinator, um, which is fine. Um, Clemson's kind of like that too. Brent Venables has been their defensive mm-hmm. coordinator for. Long time now, and I know I know for a fact he's been offered. Oh yeah, I had a coaching job. He is the highest paid um, coordinator in college football, though. Too. I mean, he probably deserves it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I agree with you on Virginia Tech. I, I'm not really sold on Hooker's ability um, in terms of in big games um, either. I, he's got a big arm, but he tends to make mistakes, and you just can't do that when you're going to play against some of these big teams in the ACC. Um, Virginia Tech, they're going to be a solid program. I mean, they've always been a solid program. I just, they're not worth talking about to me. No, I agree with you too. It's what have you done for me lately? And they really haven't done anything for anybody lately. So that is kind of the crazy thing about the ACC. You now you need these teams like the Virginia Techs, the Georgia Techs, the Miami to kind of get back to where they used to be at. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, just because I know we got a lot of Georgia listeners, what do you think about Georgia Tech this upcoming season? I think they're trending in the right direction. And I don't think it'll take that long. Um, 
I'm, I'm blanking. Jeff, Jeff Collins, right? Yep. I don't think it's going to take him very long um, to kind of get them playing the way that he wants. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening in two years. Uh, I do see them improving um, year to year under him. I, I really do. Um, I think he is a good guy for this job. He knows the Atlanta area very well. Um, listen, if you can recruit in Atlanta, I mean, the players are there for you. You and I are both from Atlanta. We know a lot of good players mm-hmm. that come out of the state of Georgia, um, specifically Atlanta. Um, he's going to get some of these hometown kids. Um, he might might be a little hard to compete with Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's a recruiting monster. I do think Tech is trending in the right direction, and I think he's building the program the way a program like Georgia Tech, which is in the heart of the city of Atlanta, should be. He is all in on the culture, and if you're not from Atlanta, you're not going to understand it. It sounds weird. You probably hear Migos say the culture all the time. It's real in the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. People buy into that word, and I think he's that's his message. That's his motto, play for the culture of Atlanta, and I think it's going to work for him. Hey, I agree with you completely, Ben, honestly. I think that it might still be like one year too soon just because, I mean, of how much of a, of a transformation they have to make from a complete triple option team over to more of a, of a common college football offense and team and scheme and everything. So I think it might take a year or two more to get that team rolling. But I agree with you, man. I think he's brought in the right culture. I think he's got everybody excited and fired up for some college football. And, you know, I think Georgia Tech's going to end up having a decent season. I mean, their original win total was at two and a half, and I was already on the over for that. So, I mean, I think that they might – I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make a bowl or anything, but I think they're going to build off what they did last year, and they're going to keep getting better. So it'll be fun to watch to see what happens with them there. But got any last words before we get out of here? Uh, I'm excited. NFL is starting. College football is continuing. Uh, the big conferences are coming into play as we just broke some of them down. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, you will continue to break down some of the big conferences in future uh, podcasts if you want to let the people know what's on deck. That's all I got, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me and Ben are going to do the usual, you know, run through the games, try to pick something against the spread for y'all. I mean, not going to lie, it's not a great slate this weekend, but it's going to get better next weekend. Also got that SEC preview coming out soon. I'm probably going to wait till like, that Monday of when they're going to kick off just so we can have as much information as possible. You know, these teams will have a little more practice time and everything. But other than that, I'm ready to get up out of here, Ben. I appreciate you coming on once again and helping me out. Yeah, always fun to come on. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're always happy to have you, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.